and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On, season two. Ah, oh, we are well on the way. How are you guys doing? How are you getting on in this new tier system? Are you going out? Are you staying home? Well, I hope I'm keeping you, uh, you know, a bit entertained over these few weeks. Um, and how did you enjoy Joe McKeldry's episode last week? Oh, what a joy he is and how he's been keeping us entertained through this lockdown. And I hope you've been enjoying my Christmas single. <laughs> it's been so nice to hear it on the radio and uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. So, I have a very exciting guest for you today. I would like to say that um, she has been around for years, but she hasn't. She is beautifully young and fresh on the scene. In the musical Six, she really has made her mark. An Olivier nominee, wowzers. And currently she's been performing in the show Rent at the Hope Mill Theatre. Please welcome Maya Kwanza-Breed. Maya, I am so excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us your time today. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I mean, you know, in amongst the craziness of lockdown that yeah. our industry <laughs> still seems to be in. But um, no, it's it's wonderful to have you on. And I'm I'm... I'm, I think it's going to be really nice for my, for my listeners to hear a bit about your story and, and your journey. I mean, how, first of all, I mean, how's how's lockdown been for you? Has it has it wild? Yeah, <laughs> wild. It's just one of those like we were never prepared for it, were we? Whoever prepares for a global pandemic? Yeah, yeah. So everything that could have hit me has come my way. So it's just been one of those where it's been highs of highs and lows of lows. But I guess that's just life, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just a lot more intense because. You're not allowed to leave the house. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, what have you have you been keeping yourself busy? Have you been creative? What have you have you been going online? What have you been up to? I've been trying to. I was I spent quite a lot of the beginning being rather unmotivated. Yeah. And I know I wasn't the only one who was unmotivated at that point. It's I went from riding such a high of I was starting a new show and yeah. then all of a sudden that was just like crumbling at the bottom of my feet. So my motivation went from being like, yes, 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 to just nothing yeah. so I spent a lot of time doing jigsaws trying to like put my like creativity <laughs> in, in different outlets I, I, I like that I was like drawing I was like watching films listening to music because music is like my solace and mm-hmm. so are films so I was catching up on things I've never watched before I watched all of Star Wars I'm not <gasps> the biggest Star Wars fan have you never seen them before is this the first time yeah, I'd only ever seen Phantom Menace. And apparently when I was like two, I was obsessed. So now I'm obsessed with them all. I know. I'm so excited for you. That's so amazing. Now I feel extremely old. Because <laughs> we've watched them again more recently just because, yeah, I mean, everyone's watching everything. Oh, my God. What was your favourite one then? Um, oh, what is my favourite one? I think it's I think it's called Return of the Jedi. Is that yeah. the, it's like the last... The last one of like the old series. Yeah, yeah, I think so, it is. Like, yeah. But it was the remastered version that was my favourite. It was when Obi-Wan Kenobi turned up, Yoda, and then Anakin turned up. And I was like, Brilliant musical, maybe. Maybe we should do a Star Wars musical. I'm here for it. I am, I'm so here. If I could be an Ewok, if I could be an Ewok. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, I mean, it, it must have been quite crazy because you're you're still quite well, you're still very young, but you've had uh, an amazing like launch into into a, an incredible career so far. But I I want to take it back to like the beginning. I mean, where what who were your influences? Did you start off singing and dancing? Where did it come from? Well, I started singing at like four, and my grandma rested. God bless her soul. Um, she was like, Maya can sing, Maya can sing. My mum was like, 
she's four mum like she can't sing like it should babble and she was like yeah. no she can sing and I just spent years and years and years singing the alphabet and singing everything rather than talking and mum was just like going crazy and when I got to nine she met this very musical family and they were called the waters perfect name for a musical mm-hmm. family and the mum was um a singing teacher but she'd not had any students in a very long time and mum said to her, like, please, will you just listen to my daughter sing? She's only nine, but if she can sing, I'll find her somebody else to yeah. teach her how to sing. And, and just something to just put her out, like, somewhere else instead of just singing at me all the time. Yeah. And this lady, Judy, was like, I don't really do them, but okay, bring her in. I'll have a look. I'll, I'll listen to her and we'll go from there. So I remember one rainy Thursday in January... And I went to her house and she's got like this massive grand piano in the living room, oh. like you name it, like it's the most musical house ever. And I walked in and I sang uh, A Whole New World, both parts, Jasmine and Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was only in there for half an hour and my mum comes and knocks on the door and Judy opens the door and mum goes, oh my God, was she that bad? And Judy goes, no, she's amazing, I'm keeping her. Oh. So then I had singing lessons with Judy, but Judy did like this little like nine day summer school musical type thing where she used to write musicals with her husband and um I got into doing them and I just really enjoyed them but still even doing them I didn't really know that that's exactly what I do I just knew I loved Mm. like doing them once a year and I did them up until being about 13 um and then confession (laughs) when I was 12 (laughs) I tell this story all the time when I was 12 I came to say I came to see Oliver (gasps) at the Drury Lane and you were Nancy (laughs) oh my goodness oh yeah and I was and I've never been so inspired in my entire life and you were the reason I've ended up doing musical things (laughs) oh my god I oh my god I love that you know it was one of my favorite shows I love that show so much and I get it you know going into into like Drury Lane, which is such a beautiful big theatre. Lots of kids on the stage, beautiful costumes, the orchestration, you know, perfect big show to go and be, you know, influenced by. I mean, that's It that's was my amazing. first West End show I'd ever seen as well. So what a first show to see. Yeah. And you were my Nancy. Oh. And, then I, and I just looked and I, I thought, I want to do that. Like, that's exactly what I want to do. Because the way I felt watching the show, I was like, I want to make other people feel like that. Mm, yeah. So then I honed whatever talent I had at the time into doing what, like, I tried to make the steps towards musical theatre. I didn't know really what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until, like, I got to college because I did a musical theatre course, and obviously they really help you. And, and which college and, did you go to? Um, I went to Pendleton College in Salford. Nice. So it was just an average sixth form. Mm-hmm. However, the performing side of that college is, like, one of the best in the country. It's oh, amazing. Um, and I was there during, as they call it, the golden years. Yeah. So, um, and then we are like my year went on to be quite successful, as in like up even up until now, like like a lot of us are still working, obviously behind the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but working, went to drama school, uh, got been creative in some way, gone back to university and done other things. Like everyone's done really well for themselves. That's so, so it's so good. nice to. That's so yeah. lovely. Did you go after after? Did you go to um, like a drama college down here afterwards or did you just go straight in? Yeah, so I, when I was in second year, I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know what I want, like where I want to audition. Like, I think I want to do some cruise shit. Some, um, my teacher at the time, Paul Williams, he was like, you are auditioned for drama school. He was like, you are going to be the West End. You, regardless whether you like it or not, that's what you're doing. And I was like, <laughs> okay, but I'm so glad he, he gave me that like push under my feet to be like, right, okay, sort yourself out get these auditions done yeah. so I auditioned for Central Mountview Arts and GSA 
And the ones I loved the most was GSA and Central, but Central was obviously acting. And mm. I did get in through to the musical co- musical theatre course, but the acting course was so good. And I was like, oh my God, do I want to do acting? I don't want to do musical theatre. Mm. Um, but then I went to my GSA and that was my recall at the time. And I always used to talk myself out of like auditions, always. <laughs> and I think, I remember that day I just stood there. I was like, may I just get rid of your inhibitions? Just have a good time. Just show them what you do. Just show them you have potential. They're not looking for your finished product because then they'd have nothing to train. Absolutely. So I was just like, just show them what, you ha- what you've what you got already. So I didn't try and go in there and be perfect and get everything right. I just went in and, and used what I had at the time. And it obviously paid off because then I got through to the interview round. But then I got put on the... Um, reserve list so I was like oh no that's a good that's good that's fine like great news and this was like in the April and then for like two months I heard nothing and I just watched like all my friends get in everywhere do really well like start getting like little jobs here and there and I was like oh that was like I'm gonna have a year out I was like I'm gonna have a year out I'm gonna get Netflix get fat like proper wallowing and then on my 18th birthday I got my place at GSA and then my life changed from there so I went to GSA for three years and had the best three years of my life did you love it it's (laughs) it's, it's funny isn't it because the you know, like when I went to college, there wasn't that many big colleges. There was like mm. a handful of them. And now there's there's so many to choose from. I mean, how did you kind of choose where you wanted to go? I mean, how did how did that come about? Do you know what? Even thinking back now, I can't even remember because, for example, my friend Dara, who I went to GSA with in the end, he auditioned for everywhere. And I'd never even heard of half of these places mm. before. And it was one of those where I think I just was like research I think I just looked on like drama what was like the drama school like federation time you know there's like a list of like ones yeah like yeah most credited or whatever yeah I think I just lo- looked at like the top four and was like oh I'll go for them. um but because I I just I think not that I was like a sheep or anything I was like oh I'll just do that I'll just do that it was kind of like at the time I thought I wanted to go to art said I because I just liked the look of the school yeah, like yeah. I'd known people who went from Pendleton or like my friend's siblings went to art said so I was thinking maybe I'll go to art said yeah but then when I went to audition I didn't really enjoy it and think it's not the school for me um but I'm so glad I auditioned where I did because it showed me that like obviously it's not so much just you going for an audition you're also auditioning that that as a school that mm-hmm. place yeah. if that's somewhere you've got to spend three years that's where you've got to live the area the so it was it was a nice wake-up call for me as well at 17 18 to realize that well 17 at the time that it, you're just as much auditioning them and it's the same up until now with yeah. castings and auditions and stuff. Yeah. Oh my. And, and have you, did you have, um, are there people in your year that are out there working and do you, are you still in contact with people from your year group? Oh, oh yeah. My, my year was amazing. Like I've been, we were so lucky at GSA and I was so lucky in my year. Like Grace, one of our best friends, we both went into you know, six together and yes. we trained together for three years. I, I spoke to Grace actually because she's, she's got a new podcast out, hasn't she? Yeah. And, uh, I spoke to her recently and it was, oh, she was just lovely and it's I love how creative people are getting in lockdown it's it's wonderful yeah it's so nice because I think that's something Grace has wanted to do for ages Mm. and she's that type of person anyway like she's such a go-getter she's so driven I've never met someone like her where she's just like like if I'm gonna do go and get something she's gonna go out and get it and do it and that was I think with the vlogs and the podcasts and she's always up to something so every time she pops up I'm like oh my god yes Grace yeah like she's always up to something and I love it it's it's (laughs) so brilliant it's great so um so you left college and you graduated um 
Is it 2018 you graduated? Yes, right? 2018. Amazing. That feels like a million years ago oh now. Oh my god! And and what what then happened? What was the first job? What was the first move? So six was my first job. I auditioned while I was still in third year. I had like a couple of auditions here and there, and I was auditioning for Motown and Six like back to back on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I was like, I really want Motown. I really want Motown. Like it's a tour. It's and all this, and then. Six came along, but Six was a new musical. I knew nothing about Mm -hmm. it, but it was a blessing in disguise. It really, really was. Um, And I got that. How was the the audition process? How many, like, how, what did you have to do? How many rounds rounds. was there? Um, It was because they were new to it as well. Like Toby and Lucy, they'd never auditioned for a musical, but like never been on a panel for an audition before. Mm -hmm. And they're super young too, aren't they? To To be having a big musical, to about to be hit the West End. They... You know, it was new to them too. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it was one of the best auditions to this date that I've ever had. Like, it's just so friendly. Everyone was so, like, just... You could just tell us, like, just give us all you've got. Like, and they clap you at the end. It was was just so nice. And they workshopped with you. And my first round was just one song. So I went in... What did you sing? Alicia Keys, If I Ain't Got You. Oh, lovely. Good song. I went and sang that. Good song. Um, just a banger um because like the breakdown for like what they wanted was not like older pop songs they didn't want a tina turner or a whitney they wanted more like beyonce yeah. alicia jesse J. because that's more of the vibe of the queens not yeah. saying that tina turner's not in there not influenced but they wanted more like current current yeah pop stars um so i sang if i ain't got you and then this and then i got recalled but i didn't hear from them for like a good like two weeks i was thinking oh like it, it, they don't want me anymore but then they were like oh no we're sending the material and I got the material on like the Monday night and it was for Berlin, Cleves and Parr <gasps> and then my audition was like the Wednesday morning or oh, the Tuesday morning I that's can't remember. a lot so I, I had to learn it and I was panicking and I was like oh my god oh my god um, I managed to learn it all and then we went in it was a full day so it was like dance, workshop you sang your first song again but the, the difference with Six was we sang in front of each other. We danced in front of each other. We did everything. What, in the audition? Yeah, the <gasps> whole thing. That's, that's terrifying. It was so scary. Like, some of these girls that I was auditioning with are, like, well-renowned musical theatre. Like, they've really established their careers. Yeah. And there was me, not even left drama school yet. Like, if I ain't got you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was so scared. I remember... Um, I was in with Sharon Rose for part, the loveliest person I've ever met. And she sang before me and I said, why on earth am I here? Give her the job. I was like, why, why, why are we even having this discussion? Oh. And she was laughing and she was like, no, girl, go smash it. And she sat there like looking at me, like clapping and cheering. And I was like, you are insane. Um, and then we, I had like that similar kind of structure to the day again another round of that but I think I just went in and sang mm-hmm. um and then I went in again so I think I went in like four times or five times and then went in and sang again but the last time I went in they were like oh um can you just like read in for all these other people and, I, and I, I'd never read for other than Park Leaves and Berlin yeah and they're like oh read for Seymour and Howard and I was sat there my words like oh I don't know what's going on yeah um but not unbeknownst to me, they were already cast. I didn't know that at the time. Nat and Amy were obviously continuing the role onto the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they just wanted me to fill in when... Because basically the day I did my last round was some people's first round. Right. They auditioned everyone. Wow. Um, and on that same day, I went in, did all the all my material, um, went out, and then Katie Wilmore, who was, I say, the runner, 
a part of the team ran down um, the corridor after me and was like, could you just wait there? And I was like, <gasps> oh, yeah, okay. And she was like, no, no, it's good, it's good. And then she took me back in like five minutes later and Lucy, Toby, Joe, Jamie, all of them ran up to me, gave me a massive hug and were like, congratulations, you've got a job. And I was like, what? Is this, is this how it works? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was like, wait, what? Like it didn't compute. I was mm. like, wait, like really and then Kenny was like telling me all about the tour and saying we were like oh we're not sure we want to put you yet but like you're definitely in it like 100% and then I think like three days later they offered me the role of par but I was like as if you've just given me my first ever job in the room I walked out like (sighs) I was like what's just happened I couldn't like I I didn't even know what to do I was like this isn't real like this isn't real Oh, it's it was amazing. crazy. That's so good. So you, you got the role and then you started the show. It didn't go straight to the arts, did it? It didn't go straight to London. It it went no, to... No, we, we did a little bit of a tour, so like just before the arts. So yeah. we, we opened in Norwich mm-hmm. and we did a week in Norwich and then we did a week in Cambridge. And then I remember we had a week off because in that week, my costume got fixed because it ripped a million times <laughs> in the first two weeks. I had ma- I had gaping holes in my bum. It was awful. <laughs> Like, oh, it was oh awful. I love those so, kind of things, so, though. They're, yeah, they're brilliant. Do you, were you gaining, like, because it was something so new? I mean, what, what were rehearsals like? Was it, were you aware of this was something special? Oh, I guess it was your first job, so you, it was all new to you and you're kind of discovering it on, on, on the job as such. But yeah. what was rehearsals like? I mean, how, were they just treating it as we're just going to put it on and have a go and see what happens? Or yeah, did they it know was, it was it, something special? It was very collaborative, the rehearsal process, because it was kind of like, we don't know what we want Mm -hmm. and we don't know what you're going to bring to the table yet. Obviously, auditions are such a small margin in what you actually, what is the final product. Yeah. So... It was it was very collaborative. It was like, oh, should I add this in? Or maybe try it like that. No, we liked it when you were stood over there. Oh, actually, go back to where you stood before because of the way you did it was better than the way I directed it. So it was a very, very like, what do you think? That's where so do you lovely. think you should stand? And and it was one of the most collaborative pieces that like to start off with, your mm. first job being very much like it wasn't established already so you could really really put your stamp on it yeah and um, there was a lot of time for research we, it, the choreography was so intense oh the choreography was, was fantastic yeah, and it was workshop workshop so the show you see now to what we opened with is completely different really? in terms of like staging lines choreography everything because we started off it basically started off like right, okay we're really gonna workshop hone workshop hone yeah, workshop yeah. hone and it was like that until we went to London, but they got basically a cut-off point. Before London, Kenny and the producer said, well, okay, this is the last time we want the show to be as it is mm-hmm. when we hit London. How did that um, feel, though? I mean, going through, it's it's tough. You know, once you're doing a show in the evening and you're changing it during the day and you're workshopping and, you, you know, you're kind of searching for that 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 final version I mean how I've done I remember with Rock You we were doing pretty much we were rehearsing a different version during the day and then doing a completely different version at night and it was quite stressful and a lot there was a lot of um um pressure on us to get it right you know to have all those different lines and lyrics and routines and how was that it was it was stressful because obviously I've never rehearsed a musical where Mm. you change it in the day and doing it at night when I did musicals at GSA it's you get your script you learn your lines, you learn the dances, and and that's pretty much it. And you go on and you kind of know by the time you get to the show that's going to be your final product. Yeah. Where 
as this, it was every single day. I was like, I don't know which version of the show tonight I'm giving. Mm. And it and you kind of it was kind of like a little bit of leeway. Like you'd put in the changes, and the next day we'd change something else. So by the time you came to the, the show the next time, you knew that that was in, and you were going to have to yeah. focus on another part tonight. But it was scary because we changed like a lot of choreography, and some lines got changed at first. But it was a lot more choreography. Mm. Um, like little words and songs got changed as well. So it was about getting that right and yeah. the beats and very, it was, it was difficult. It was. And when we eventually got to London and had a show that we were like, okay, I think we know what we're doing. It was, it was a lot more where you could like calm and just focus on the show. Yeah, yeah. But even when we went back into the West End, the show changed again. Like the show I did 10 days before to 10 days after going into the West End was a different show again. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this show for six months and now I'm doing something That's completely something different. different. Well, we'll be right back with Maya in just a moment. But if you are enjoying the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a little review. We love to hear what you have to say about our little episodes and chats. And if you want to leave those five stars, I don't mind that either. Ah, and if you also want to check out a little bit of merch, I've got a few little Keep Calm and Carry On pins left. So check on my website, kerryellis.com. You can check out a few other goodies on there too. My little my little album feels like home. I've got one or two of those left too. Okay, back to Maya. There was a real um, support for the show before it even came to London. Like there was a, a lot of hype. Um, the al- Was the cast album out before you b- brought it to London? So if I remember correctly, I think the cast album came out in the August when we were in Edinburgh that's, and Edinburgh really was our turning it. point yeah, yeah. It was our real turning point because in Cambridge and Norwich like people were coming but it was mainly just like theatre people or mm-hmm. people who like I think they were giving out like free tickets and stuff to just like get the word out there yeah. but Edinburgh was when we did maybe two or three shows or maybe two shows with like hardly an audience and then about the third show I think we were completely sold out like yeah. you had to beg borrow and steal for a ticket and that's when people were like, this show is like something really special. Yeah. And when we got to the West End, because at first the producers were like, oh, we don't know if they were selling the West End. But then we went to Edinburgh and the West End sold out. Yeah. And they were like, right, okay, this show is like going to be the bomb. And, and it just progressed and progressed and progressed. What do you think it was then that that suddenly just struck a chord with people? I mean, you predominantly your audience was what young young girls like you guys um, yeah. you know it, I, what do you think it was that 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 hooked everyone I mean I know because I saw it you know I've got my own opinions but what what do you think it was I think it's just because it's so much fun it's light-hearted you get there's a message in it you get to see a lot of strong powerful women on the stage when do you ever see what there's four band six girls so when do you ever see 10 women on stage yeah. at a time all different shapes sizes color creeds and i think that really resonated with people and not even just like the young little girls who sat on the front row all mm. the way to the dads and the older generation and I remember there was this lady who came and they came from America and she was literally stood up, hollering, cheering, clapping, and no one else. And she went, why is no one else there? And everyone, and everybody else stood up. And it was oh, just it wow. was just wild. It was just one of those where I think we all 
in that moment were like, this this show is really something special. But at the time, you don't see it because obviously no. you're exhausted, you're working so hard. Mm. My candle was burned at both ends. Yeah. There was no wick left. I yeah. think that was with all of us because Edinburgh was tough. Like, no one prepares you for Edinburgh Fringe. And we had it quite easy, say, because we didn't have to do get in and get out. Mm-hmm. We weren't a part of that. We just turned up, did the show and left. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, other shows, they have to do everything. So we were lucky in that sense. But Edinburgh is a slog. It's fun, tough. but so tough. Yeah. But it definitely it definitely kind of did well for the show because yeah. you had time to to sort out all the, you know, the nooks and crannies and sort get it all right so that when you came to London, it just, you know, it was ready and it was this yeah. bright, shiny new musical that was rehearsed in. You know, you were you weren't taking those time to preview in London because it was ready. Yeah, and I feel like we hit London with like a boom and yeah. that was the effect we wanted and that was, I think, the effect we got and it went just up and up and up from there and even like when we went back to the West End, it just seemed to get crazier and crazier and crazier yeah. and I was just like, how how can we go any further? I thought we'd peaked Honestly, I was like, we've we've not like made it, but I was like, this show is like creme de la creme, but it just carried on and on. And I was like, I cannot believe the success of this show. Yeah. And it was, was so nice to be a part of. Was there a, like a, a, a different feel? Like, was, was there a pressure with suddenly opening this show that, you know, you guys had all become a family, created together, we're having a really special time. And then suddenly, you know, the transfer to London and the expectation. Was there... Was there a different feel to it? Did you feel that pressure? Did you? Was it different? Yeah, I think I feel like I felt the pressure a lot more the second time because there was a lot more expected of us. Yeah, because obviously we've been to the West End before. People had seen us on tour. They've now seen us on telly before we even went back to the West End because yeah. we did this morning. So it was very much like, right? We really, we really do have to step it up and. It, it, there was a lot of pressure when we went back because the, we did have to be this presence on stage that everybody expected to see nine times a week. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's just what they expected. So there was a lot of pressure in it to get it spot on and get it right and keep it consistent while yeah. also having fun. But it was easy to have fun because the show oh, is so great. fun anyway. I, yeah, I mean, I, I came to to the press night and was just blown away. I mean, it was it was something so new and unique and exactly that you could see you guys enjoying it and it was just like a brilliant night out. It's what you wanted from a show. You looked great. You sounded phenomenal. The costumes were insane. You know, the choreography, it all just ticked the boxes. But what I loved about it was it still had this kind of edgy kind of rawness about it. And yeah. that it was it was still like, it, it felt like you guys still had ownership of it. It wasn't this big, massive theatre that swamped the show. The show yeah. kind of stood up on its own. And I just, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a massive fan. I told you. I think I told you. I'm, I know, I know. I, know. I, remember, I remember meeting you and I came over and I was like, hi, Kevin. <laughs> and you're like, hi, oh my God, the show's great. Because you were, is it Lula, your friend? Yes. Because I've seen it, I've seen it like since then. I've bumped into her at the physio and I've bumped into her at the street. She's like, oh my God, how are you doing? And we ended up having a chat. And I remember when I was saying, like, when I met you, I was like shaking, quaking in my boots, like so nervous. Oh, <laughs> oh, I loved it. I mean, I was a massive fan. You were all so brilliant. It was it was so great to watch. And I'm so glad that it's had the bit, you know, the success that it has. And hopefully, actually, Six will be one of the, 
first show back because it's you know it's yeah. it, it doesn't have an interval it's in a slightly smaller theater you know hopefully it will it will be one that returns returns quicker yeah. um yeah. did you guys it's a big thing I mean the show is is big you guys have you're on stage pretty much the whole time you have big songs each you sing a lot together and the, the solo songs are, are massive you know they're not easy things mm. um did you guys ever or did you ever struggle with fatigue or I mean you're doing nine shows a week I know you've got swings obviously I spoke to Grace and um you don't want to go off you you know you have that pressure of especially when something's so new and it's there's a lot of hype about it you want to be there you know but I I also understand the other side of it but did you have any have have any vocal problems or times when you had to go (laughs) off and how did you deal with that how did you get around that the fatigue of the show was real like I've never felt exhaustion before and you know when you say like oh I'm knackered or oh I'm shattered or <laughs> no you have never felt exhaustion <laughs> like that it's like another level isn't it it's it, it's the I'm so tired but I cannot get to sleep the adrenaline is pulsing through my veins yeah. I can't eat because I feel sick because I'm so hyped all the time. Like I lost so much weight in the first six months and I ended up really poorly because I I didn't know how to, how to make like how to not stretch, but because I was giving it, I was trying to give my all all the time. I I learned the hardest way possible that it's not possible to give a hundred percent every single night. You need to preserve your energy. Pace yourself. So and yeah, it's about pacing yourself and no one ever tells you that and nothing can prepare you for that until you do it. Mm-hmm. So when everybody asks that, oh, how did you prepare? I didn't, I didn't, I learned on the job. Yeah. And now I, I know I will never do that again. I can give my 100%, but I know in certain places, this bit requires me to preserve a bit more yeah, and I yeah. can be more explosive on this bit. And I, and then and now I know how my body reacts under pressure, under mm. adrenaline, and I ha- know how to convert it into that good energy yeah. and keep myself well and healthy. And I was much better come when we came back into the West End because I was like, I'm not letting that happen again. Yeah. I'm not struggling every day. Um, so I was like hydrating myself beyond belief. Yes. I was trying to get the sleep in, regardless whether that meant I woke up at 12 or one o'clock in the afternoon, I was going to have a sleep. Yeah. Like, not that I did anything really else in the day because all you do, you, your You're schedule gets the show. Yeah. Yeah, completely shoved. But I just really made sure. I looked after myself yeah. and and it did pay off vocally actually and physically and yeah. mentally. It really did pay off. Um, not to say that I didn't get tired and my voice didn't get tired, but I just knew that I go home, I steam, yeah. I do my vocal exercises, I warm up properly, I cool down properly. And mm. I know that doesn't work for everyone. I know you have to find your own routine and what works best for you and your voice. And I feel like I finally found mine. That's brilliant. That's so great. So I was like, that's exactly what I did every day. I made sure I warmed up, cooled down, water. I had to drink at least two waters before I even stepped on stage for that yeah, show. Yeah, that's so good. Are you, uh, do you, you know, shows kind of take care of your fitness, don't they? When you're in a show, mm. you don't really need to do much else because you're just, it does it for you. You're running around for a you know good couple of hours every day. Yeah. Do you or did you do anything else like any yoga or? Yeah. I went to the else? gym twice a week. Yeah, and oh. I've got to say I've never been in better like physical shape. I was in such a good shape, yeah. like because I was I was doing seventy five minutes of cardio at night. I was really strong, and then I was going and lifting weights in the day, and then I'd go and do the show. 
That's amazing. So my but kind of people kind of say though, you know, you're that you don't want to do anything else during the day because then you're you're saving all your energy for the show and just waiting mm. for that time. But actually, I, I mean, it's not. It's taken me until a lot later. I think with age, you kind of have to look after your body, and because it just doesn't work in the same way. But if I'd have had that knowledge when I was younger and mm. and worked out a bit during the day, I think it would have just given me more energy to then do the show. Yeah. Ironically, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, it is weird. Like, I found the days that we went to the gym, sometimes I was, like, gym fatigued, but, like, I could do the show and I was, like, yeah. ready for the show. Yeah. And I did really enjoy going to the gym. Me and Nat used to go together twice a week. And it was just great. Like, it was just, it just broke up the day a bit more as well and gave yeah. us something else to look forward to because otherwise you get in that tunnel vision of show 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 show, show, show. Yeah, I'm not doing yeah. anything else so I did I liked to like for example on my day off I'd sometimes go home and like see my boyfriend or he'd come up to me and we'd do something on that day I'd like to go on walks because I, I yeah. lived in the southeast at the time and there was places I could go so I'd walk up to the field and sit in the field you know just something to like break up the yeah. day sometimes and yeah. get fresh air because you find if you stay inside all day and then you get to work and then you're inside all night you, yeah your levels are like this. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Talk to me about the Olivier's. I mean, this is mental. So you're on this massive, you know, high, and you guys are in this new show. It's super successful. Everyone's bought the album. Everyone's been to see the show. And then you all get nominated for an Olivier. I mean, it, that it must have been mind-blowing. And then you you performed at the Olivier's, didn't you? And, and yeah. you went along to the, to the event. I mean, how... How did that feel? I mean, I I it, can only imagine. <laughs> it was oh, it was wild. It was awesome. Do you know what? <laughs> I for some reason with me, like things like that, like the, the Olivier's or like awards or something, they just kind of like at first it goes like this, and yeah. I, don't, I don't, I like I just don't compute things. I go like that, those types of things don't happen to me. I'm like that doesn't happen to me. So <laughs> as now, <laughs> I know. And I remember the day the nominations went out. And I was at home, so I would usually come back to Manchester and get the train back on a Tuesday to go back to work for six o'clock on the later on that night. So I'd always time it. I remember my dad was giving me a, a lift back to the train station and I'd missed like the video thing. And the, the group chat was going crazy and I was like, whoa, what's going on? And it was guys who've been nominated, like all of us. And I and at first I was like, what like and I couldn't believe it. I started to tear up and I was like this is mental and my dad and his girlfriend were sat in the front like what's happened what's happened and I told them oh my god that's amazing and then I got to the train station and we were talking about it and then I turned to my dad no actually no it wasn't my dad I turned to his girlfriend Simon and I went this is a really big deal like <laughs> she's crying my dad's crying Aww. we were all crying at the station and I got to work and we were all just like hugging and crying Aww. and we just couldn't believe it because it was like, finally, we'd like your fruits of your labor were finally being noticed. And we were mm. like, and in such like a short amount of time as well, like we'd worked so hard on this show. And then for in the April to be nominated for, well, in, I think it was the end of February, March, wasn't it? To be nominated for an Olivier. I was like, that that just doesn't happen. That just, that, like... And then I remember my group chat for GSA, everyone was congratulating me being like, oh my God, you're Olivier nominated. And I was like, I just, That's I mental. still to this day can't believe it's like Mayor Quanta Breed Olivier nominated for, no, I just, I just can't. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just crazy. Oh, like the, seven, the, the whole day was just the, the most surreal thing I've ever been a part of 
the performance for me was my favourite part because mm. it was a bit that I felt like we were building up and building up and building up. Yeah. And because we were rehearsing for it at the same time as doing the show, mm-hmm. when we finally stood on that stage, it kind of felt like everything just went... Mm. And I was like, this is happening. And then I turned around and there was like 5,000 people looking back at me and I was just breathtaking. I just Aww. couldn't... It was just one of those, I was like, the, things like this don't happen every day. And I just really do count my blessings and really do consider myself so, so lucky. So lucky. Because I, like, who, who, ha- what happens at 21? Like, how did that happen to me at 21? <laughs> how did that happen? Oh, it's amazing. It's so brilliant. And I think the whole of the West End and the community were just rooting for you guys because it was so special. And it, it also felt like everyone was breaking this mould and it was something new. And to celebrate that was, was you know, that wasn't traditional to be celebrated yeah. at the Olivier's, which is a very traditional event. And it, it just was like everyone was so on your side and it was so brilliant. I'm so excited for you. Um, so coming out of that, so more recently... Um, You've just done the drive, or you, you, you uh-huh. we both did this little drive, and I had a little go at it, and it was quite exciting. And then you got you guys did it. Um, how was that after not performing? You, you've had this whirlwind of madness. You know, you did this. You left college. You did this massive show. You know, huge, um, huge career moment straight out of college, pretty much. And then, you know, shortly after we go into lockdown, everything's taken away. And then, was this your first performance back? Yeah, this was the first thing I've done. I've just been used to singing out of this room. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was, I, it was just, I, like, at first I was, like, going through all my words, going through everything, and I was just, oh, may I just enjoy it? And I got up to sing Burn, and I got right to the end, and then I made a mistake, and I was just like, okay, it's the first <laughs> time you've sang in six months, and this is what you go and do. And then I was probably beating myself up over it. And I was texting my friend, like, I'm so embarrassed, I can't believe I made a mistake. And she was just like, just enjoy it, Maya. Like, this is yeah. the first thing you've done and nobody knew we're loving it so after then I was just like you know I'm going to bring it back and did I bring it back I brought it back I was like I'm going to redeem myself um and then I just had fun I just enjoyed it from there and I was just like I've missed this so much like it's like a drug it actually is it's just how could you take it away from us I know I think we're all just adrenaline junkies really and we're all you know we all chase that but and it does feel tough it feels like we've had that taken away at the moment but I'm sure it will come back and we will all be coming back we will be there so have you any idea what might happen for you coming like have you got anything planned not that we can plan but or is there anything that you really want to do next I want to do something new again. So, because Casey's got um, cancelled the musical that was going to be in earlier this year with Dominic Powell. Well, Dominic Powell wrote it, sorry. Um, and that got cancelled due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, because that could be done like social distance because there's only four of us in it. So yeah. hopefully at some point that could come back and and yeah, just get, just get theatre back on its feet. Just things here and there, things yeah. that can be done. Like, let's do them. Um, and there will be a future in cases. I spoke to Dominic and he said 100% like this is not the end of the road. Mm. Um, but anything new, get me a tour, get me something in Manchester, get me something in London. Get out there working, just, just ready just, to be out there on the stage yeah, again. And I, might, I might maybe do another solo concert because I did one in January and that was just incredible. I like, I want to relive that night all over again. It was just amazing. Where did you do that? Where was that? 
Um, I did it at the Zadell. Oh, lovely. I love the Zadell. Yeah. And, and that was my first one ever because I'd not really, like, done much performing since I'd left six because I left... I didn't... People were going, oh, you left because you've got something else. I was like, I've not left because I've got anything. I've left because it's time for my time to move on. Mm. So I need I need to find something new. And I was auditioning and, and then I did, like, a couple of, like, singing things here and there. And I did that thing in Yeadon with you. Yeah, um, so it was lovely. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? So I did, like, little things like that and I did my solo concert and then, obviously, was going to go into cases. So, like maybe I'll do another one of those like just to to kickstart things off and oh, amazing amazing so I normally ask people like their highs and their lows of of their career I mean you're so early in your in your journey um and we've probably talked about them already but is there a moment that was just you know has been the best moment so far I mean you've probably talked about them but is there something else or is there or one of those moments that just cancels out the rest that is just like this is I've the biggest probably, oh I've probably got a couple but I'd probably say it was Katie who was the MD who reminded me the other day actually that I think one of the one of my highlights especially was the first sing-along we did at six and I know it's not like an award ceremony or like on TV but there was something about that night that was the most electric feeling I've we all felt it though. It was some, it was like, I don't even have the words to describe yeah, that yeah. night. It was unreal. I bet they all sang every word as well. Yeah, every single word. And I remember finishing my song and I stood there and I burst into tears. Oh. It was just, it was just like this overwhelming, like, oh, I don't even have the words for it. It was just something else. That night, I think, is one of, one of the highlights. I also have to say the last show we ever did as well mm. was one of those where, unspeakable things happened that the 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 bond between us and Mm -hmm. the audience and everything that happened that night it was like the perfect last show it really was so like nothing ever could top that night the Olivier's has obviously won the Olivier's is up there so many and again you're so early on but is there any anything that up to now has been quite like your lowest point like a a really tough time I mean I guess it could be anything going back I've got to say when I, this was like a low, low point. This was when I was candle burnt at both ends. I was really poorly. I couldn't quite get my immune system back up. And I had vertigo. I had an ear infection. And then I got, and then I had a bladder infection. And then I got, and then I got laryngitis. I got laryngitis just as we started Manchester. And I'd waited six months to get to Manchester. So all my friends and family could see me. And I did four shows at the Lowry and then I was out for the whole thing so I couldn't speak kind of happens sometimes happens that way doesn't it you put that pressure on yourself for that moment and then all of a sudden because it's just too much and you know you've been gearing up and it and yeah your body is only human it fails sometimes and my my voice just went and even still to this day people go oh I came to see you in Manchester but you you were ill Mm. and that they say that to me all the time I'm like right guys I'm still reeling from that and that's only two years ago now it's the hardest thing I think you know that it it, was just when people come to see you and you're not you know you're not there and and then hearing from them is just it's hideous it's so hard And, and I think I cried for five or six days straight and I think I got to because one of the days it was the Saturday night I remember and my dad my all my dad's family had come to book all my boyfriend's family had come to book and I ended up having to sit in the audience next to my um, boyfriend's mom and she just hugged me through the whole thing and I just cried and oh. cried and she cried 
and it was the next day where I just I couldn't stop crying it was just horrible yeah. and my mum and Karen were sat downstairs in the living room and they're like right you have got five more minutes left to cry and then you are not allowed to cry anymore they set the timer Kerry and then I wasn't allowed to cry anymore oh, and I was like oh my God. I was like right okay right okay but obviously oh. I couldn't speak and then and then by the time I did I think I didn't speak for about 10 days and then I went to my singing teacher Elisa and was like please help me speak again and by the time I did speak she went you know what you don't sound as bad as I thought you were because you've mm. not spoke for so long yeah yeah and then she rehabilitated my voice and helped me and within two days I went back to the show and I was singing amazing amazing it's amazing what rest can do as well the power yeah. of actually stopping I mean when we all come out of lockdown we'll all have voices of angels because we'll have rested for so long I know literally <laughs> Well, I can't let Maya go without asking her my final question that you guys know I ask all my special guests. Now, she hasn't been around that long, but I'm sure she's got some experience to share. So I asked Maya if you could look back on your younger self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? It's all going to be all right. I love that. I'm, I'm the biggest warrior, the biggest stressor, and... In the end, it is always all right. It's always all right. So that's something I still have to take on now. That you no, know, regardless of what's going on currently in the world, it's all going to be all right. We're going to make it through. We're going to do it. A lot of us. Perfect. <laughs> what a perfect way to finish. Oh, Maya, it's been a joy to speak to you. We should sing together at some point. It'd be really lovely. I'd Stop. love that. <laughs> Me too. When we can actually be on a stage together, let's do something because that yes, would be please. joyous. Well, thank you for giving me your time today. It's just been joyous. And I know that people are going to have loved hearing your story. So thank you for sharing. No, and uh, all the best with when we get out there and start performing again. And I'll see you yes. around, I'm sure. Thank yes, you so you much. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Mwah. Well, that's it for another week. Oh, we're so close to Christmas. <gasps> what is it? Two weeks? Well, I hope you're listening to my Christmas single and it's getting you all festive and you're putting your trees up. Oh, make sure you tag me in your pictures on all your social medias. If you're playing the song and, uh, you know, taking a picture, I'd love to see it. Tag me in Kerry Ellis 79 on Instagram or Kerry Jane Ellis 1 on Twitter. Well, that's it. Thank you to Martin, our lovely producer, for yet another gorgeous episode. And, of course, Maya. Oh, what a chat. And believe me, watch this space because that girl is going to be around for years. And, of course, you, my lovely listeners. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And if you haven't heard any of the other... Oh, I can't speak anymore. I've got to put the teeth in. I've had a gin already. Ha! No, I haven't. I'm only kidding. Oh, and I think my boys are about to join in. So thank you, the listeners. If you haven't checked out our other episodes yet, just hit subscribe and you can listen. All right, I'm going. I think it's fast time for my little boys. Have a wonderful week. Sending lots of love. Bye-bye.